We have been uh, working through uh, John chapter 15 in a series called Walking with Jesus. And uh, we're going to talk today about, about joy uh, that we can find, find in God. And this is the text. You were here a few weeks ago. You remember that we uh, worked through most of this text, but we left verse 11. That's what we're going to focus in on today. It says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. So Father, we just invite you, invite your Son, invite Holy Spirit, to just really open our hearts and minister us, and uh, minister to us in this time. So God, we just surrender our lives again to you. We lay down our, our weeks, we lay down our frustrations, we lay down our joy, we just lay it on All right, so we're going to focus in on this verse today. Uh, Jesus says this, I have told you this, so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. Now that little phrase, that our joy could actually be complete, is a phrase that, I don't know about you, but it really catches my attention. <laughs> I mean, uh, to have complete joy, or at least to move even closer to having complete joy, I mean, that, that is something that is like, okay, I want, I want to know more about this. Uh, I don't think there's a single person on this planet who would say, I don't want more of that. I don't think there's a single person who would say, you know, I just, I just don't want any joy in my life. And, uh, there's something about human nature that we all <laughs> long for joy. Uh, we know this because we know in the advertising world, they sure use a lot of ads and they stick joy in there trying to sell stuff to us because we all know we just want more of it. I mean... And you can go out and buy a, you know, a nice Kinder Joy <laughs> with a surprise. Remember, you know, it may give you a little bit of joy while you eat that chocolate. And while it, you know, at least for the five minutes while the toy lasts before it breaks, you might have some joy. Um, but if that's not it, you're not into chocolate, then maybe you just need some Johnny Walker. Uh, bring you some, a lot of joy, uh, at least till morning, and then uh, you may not have so much joy. Uh, maybe you need some, you know, Jennifer Lawrence, she's always going to bring joy to your life, right? Uh, so Though I don't know why she doesn't look happy. <laughs> it's a surprise to me, but maybe it doesn't smell as good as, as we think. I don't know. <laughs> or maybe you need an Audi, right? This, this doesn't just bring you joy, it brings you joy. Audi joy. It's Audi joy. It's R8. These will give you joy until you find out how much your payments are. <laughs> It's only about 200 grand, uh, I think, for the car, but, uh, but we know, uh, like, people throw out ads all the time because it catches our attention because we long for <coughs> deeper joy. And so in the midst of all this advertising, Jesus, you know, throws out his own ad, if you will. He says, there's a way for your joy to be complete. And, um, and so this catches our attention. This is what we want to focus in on, on today. Uh, and Jesus didn't just say this once. This was not just some sort of like political misspeak and, you know, or later he has to take it back. But the next chapter he says, no one will be able to take away your joy. 
Or in John 16, 24, again he says, your joy will be complete. And so this doesn't seem to be some sort of superficial joy or some joy that, that quickly crumbles. It's some, some sort of joy that, that at least works towards completeness. And it's a joy that, that no one can actually take away. Now, Jesus tells us how to get this joy. If we begin at the start of this verse, he says this. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. And so in order to unlock this key of joy complete in us, then we need to go back and see what did Jesus just tell us? Because he said some stuff and then he says, I have told you these things so that my joy might be in you and you might have complete joy. So we're going to look at the things he said right, right before this. And some of this will be a review from a few weeks ago because that's what he was talking about. Uh, but it's stuff that we need to hear again. And, uh, and so just, it's just three really simple things, but at the same time are not so simple. Because some of these concepts can be the hardest concepts for us to really grasp. And, and so Jesus tells us that we are to receive God's love, to give God's love, and to remain in Christ. And so those will be the, the three points. But I want to just talk for a moment about this joy. Notice how Jesus says this. He says that it'll be my joy or his joy that will be in us. So right away we see that this is not a joy that we can manufacture on our own. And a lot of times we spend a lot of our energy trying to manufacture joy. Trying to create joy in our life. If I just do this and don't do that, and if I have this all together, just get that paid off, and if I just find the right job, then somehow I'm going to manufacture joy. And we know we can manufacture it in some ways. But this, this, is a, is this, this is a different kind of joy. This is a whole different world. This isn't a joy that we manufacture. This is a joy that comes from him. This is actually a gift. He says, it's my joy that will be in us. So it's nothing that comes from our own strength, our own ability, our own works. It is something that comes from above into us. It is, it is his joy. And if we think about the presence of God in Psalm 16, it says... In your presence, there is fullness of joy. And that reminds us of Jesus, what he says, your joy will be complete. You see, it's the, it's the complete joy found in the triune God that actually it gets deposited in us. It's a gift. Like what Paul says, the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy. This is not something we manufacture. It's something that comes from a connection with him, and this, and this joy begins to, to, grow, to grow in us. And uh, Jesus said in John 14, he says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, I do not give to you as the world gives. And, and in reality, we can all switch those words from peace to joy, because it's kind of the same idea, the same phraseology as John 15. Joy I leave with you. My joy I give you, same phrase. And then he says, I do not give as the world gives. Uh, Jesus' joy is different than the world's joy. And there are things that bring us great joy in this world, but this is, is like a supernatural joy that is a gift that comes in us, and it's a joy that Jesus says that no one can take away. In other words, it's, it's stronger than uh, our situations. And, and it's interesting. There are stories in the Bible of people who like, were real people who went through very, very difficult things, and yet no one could take away their joy. And I know there are stories of people here in this room who have gone through tremendous 
uh, hardship and difficulty, and in the midst of those hardships, they would, they would still say, you know, I'm crying and I'm broken and I'm angry, but, but for some reason there's this joy deep within that, that I can't explain. And this, this is the reality of real people. I mean, look, at, look here's the real people in, in 2 Corinthians 7. Paul says, in all our troubles, my joy knows no bounds. For when we came to Macedonia, we had no rest, but we were harassed and returned. Conflicts on the outside, fears within. I mean, he's afraid and there's conflict, but for some reason in the midst of this, he says, I have this joy that knows no bounds. That kind of lines up maybe what Jesus was saying when he says, this is complete joy. Or 2 Corinthians 8, in the midst of a very severe trial, this was not just a severe trial, but Paul says, very severe. He says, uh, in the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. So, severe trial, and they're not just poor, but they're severely poor, and yet it uses this phrase, this overflowing joy. I mean, it's almost like we can't even put those two together. Like, how in the world does that work? Because in the world's thinking, in the world's joy, those things, they're not compatible. But this is a different kind of joy. This is a supernatural joy. This is a joy that comes right from the heart of God into our being that, that surpasses difficulty and trouble. When we look at 2 Corinthians 6.10, uh, Paul says, Our hearts ache, but we always have joy. So how does this work? This is the kind of joy Jesus is talking about. This is not a joy where there's no trouble, because we know this is not going to happen in this world. I mean, this world can beat us up. We know it's hard just to get through weeks sometimes, maybe even through, through a day. And yet, and yet joy in Jesus, knowing all this, says, there is a way for my joy to be in you and for your joy to be complete in this real world. So how can we get more of this? Well, again, we go back to John 15. He says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. And so we're going to just talk about these, these three points. So if we just go back a couple verses before Jesus says this. So I told you these things, so what did he tell us? He told us this. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. As the Father has loved me, Jesus says, so I have loved, loved you. And you remember last week, we, we looked, or a few weeks ago, we talked about the love that is flowing, flowing in the Trinity. And I'm going to use these, these stools again here. As the Trinity, except for missing, missing Jesus here. Oh, there he is. <laughs> See, I found Jesus. <laughs> we, we talked, if you were here three weeks ago, you remember, we talked about that the love that is flowing in the Trinity, this perfect love between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, a love that has been there for all eternity. There's no judgment, there's no anger, there's no bitterness, there's no blessing of this love. It is an absolute perfect love flowing between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And in the midst of this, we remember Psalm 16, in, in His presence there is fullness of joy, this is a beautiful place within the, 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 the triune God. But, but Jesus said, as the Father loves me, so he loves us. Amen. In other words, it's like taking a scale and balancing the scales. The, the same kind of love that the Father has for Jesus is the exact same love that, that God has for us. 
It's not like lessening. It's not shrinking. It's, it's the same love that God the Father has for God Jesus is the same love that Jesus has, has for us. It's not a lessening love. And again, this is so hard for us to grasp. Because everything in our natural world, it's always like, you know, when I screw up, I'm going to probably be loved less. Or, you know, I love those who are really close to me, but those who are more distant, you know, I just don't love them as much as my own, my own family. Or, you know, you know, if I really mess up, then, you know, it's, it's just, it's always, love is on a scale. Love is always conditional. Love is always dependent on, you know, obedience or action. And, and often we, we, we pay God out to be like that. And that's not what Jesus says. As the Father has loved me, so he loves us. The, the same love the Father has for Jesus is the exact same love that he has for, for us. That there is a beautiful, perfect love flowing from the triune God that has your name on it. And it's not any, any less than the love flowing between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I mean, I wish we could, we could grasp this more, just how perfectly loved we actually are. Uh, we're so loved. And, then, and this idea of, of, of God actually inviting us into the midst of the Trinity, we talked about that a few weeks ago, where, where Jesus says, I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. So, so Jesus is in the Father, but then we're, we're, we're in Jesus, and, and it's like he invites us into the very midst of the Trinity to experience this love that is flowing, and we get to take part of that. And it's the same idea with the joy. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. And we get to experience the love and the joy that is going on in the midst of, of the triune God. And, and we are so welcomed in. I mean, if we just remember what we did a few weeks ago? I used the same, same, same diagram here. Jesus says, there's the Father. And then he says, I am in the Father. And then we are in Jesus. And then it says, Jesus is in us. I mean... We've been welcomed into the very triune God. Theologian uh, Baxter Cougar said this. From all eternity, God is not alone and solitary, but lives as Father, Son, and Spirit, and a rich and glorious and abounding fellowship of utter oneness. There is no emptiness in this circle, no depression or fear or insecurity. The Trinitarian life is a great dance of unchained communion and intimacy, fired by passionate self-giving and other-centered love and mutual delight. This life is good. It is right, unique, full of music and joy, blessedness and peace. Such love giving rise to such togetherness and fellowship and oneness is the womb of the universe and of humanity within it. A stunning truth is that this triune God in amazing and lavish love, determined to open the circle and share the Trinitarian life with others. This is the one eternal and abiding reason for the creation of the world and of human life. There is no other God, no other will of God, no second plan, no hidden agenda for human beings. Before the creation of the world, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit set their love upon us and planned to bring us to share and to know and experience the Trinitarian life itself. Unto this end, the cosmos was called into being, and the human race was fashioned. That he has invited us in, that we are in Christ. 
It's the most common way a Christian is, is actually described in the Bible as being in Christ. And we know that Christ is in the Father, and the Father is in the Spirit, and we've been invited in to participate in this perfect love and this perfect joy, and it's shining on us. It's not something we have to work for. It's not something we got to strive for. You can, you can just sit and just enjoy the love that is flowing in the triune God. No matter how hard your day is, you can just, just you know, go to your happy place. This is my happy place. Just to enjoy the love and the joy that's flowing in the triune God just receive. Because it's there. That this, is, this is our reality. Now, believing that God, just as he loves Jesus, is the same love towards us, it's a really hard concept to grasp. I mean, somehow we always think that God must love me less because of whatever, but, but he loves us. In fact, Romans 8 says nothing can ever separate us from God's love. But usually we stick things in there. Well, this can, and this sure can, and messed up this week, and that's going to No, nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, Neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God. And you are so loved by God. And, and to really let this to soak into us, it is hard because there are a lot of things that, I mean, his love is shining. Mean, this is a reality. This is a reality. We've been invited in, but, but sometimes we put up little walls that we kind of block God's love. And, 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 and sometimes that wall is called shame. Sometimes that wall is called guilt. And, and, and often we kind of like, well, God couldn't love me that much because, you know, I got this junk and I'm, I'm ashamed of it. You know, I don't know how many times the New Testament actually has to tell us this, but it says three times. The one who believes in him will never be put to shame. Anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. The one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. He invites you to him, and, and there's no shame. There's, there's this love flowing. And we get to receive this, and we got to allow this to, again, just to soak into our being. And, and we can throw up probably the hardest verse in the Bible for us to believe. So I think it's one of them. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. This is a place of forgiveness, grace, and love. And he is called. And, and, this, and this brings us joy. Because we know, just in, in the natural world, you know the one thing that brings us joy is love. And you fall in love, you got joy, right? You have a loving night, you're happy, you're full of joy, whatever. I mean, love brings us joy, and, and there is no greater love than this. And it's always there, no matter where you are, no matter who you are. If you're up or down or sideways or left or right or doing well or not doing well, there's a love shining on you that is perfect and beautiful. And you just get to just receive it and enjoy it. And, and I tell you, when, when you're feeling love, unloved by others... Well, the one who matters most in this universe says, I love you, to the extreme. There is a joy in being able to receive love. And it's hard. It is hard to receive this kind of love because we always get hurt in this world and, and we have pictures of God maybe that we don't, that aren't right or whatever, and it causes us to, to pull away. But just to receive God's love. Jesus says, I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you. And he, and he says, listen. 
The same love the Father has for me is the same love that He has for you. Would you just receive that? Would you just dwell in that? The moment you begin to feel unloved, I don't know how are you going to picture this, just, just get this picture in your mind during the week when you, you're feeling unloved, just to just receive the love. And feeling not very joyful, don't manufacture your joy, just, just sit here and receive the love the, the, and the joy that's already flowing. You just to receive it into your heart. And so uh, Jesus says, just, just receive God's love. Receive it. And you can always keep on going deeper in there. And then he talks about giving God's love. And so he says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. We'll talk about that in a moment. So then he says, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. And then he says, I have told you this. But we just go back. He says, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands. So we've we got to, it's keeping his commands. And again, this can maybe immediately sound like a burden, it's only a burden if you don't understand the context. The whole context is, I am the vine, we are the branches. If we remain in him, we bear fruit. This is a fruit from, from this, this dwelling place. When we remain here, we automatically begin to bear fruit and we begin to uh, follow his commands. Now, what is his command? It's primarily to love. If you don't believe that, well, Jesus, he says it right in verse 12. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And then just a few verses later, this is my command, love each other. So, so primarily this is going to look like loving other people. Because there's so much love shining on us that, that God is saying, just, just pass it on. <laughs> this, this experience is so wonderful. You can't hold it to yourself just to pass it on. And so we receive God's love, and then in turn, we, 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 uh, uh, we, we love each other deeply. And it's to be a flow. Just as the love is flowing from the Father to the Son to the Holy Spirit to the Father to the Son to the Holy Spirit like this. And then he invites us in. The love is flowing to us. And, and we give it, yes, back to God, but we also give it to each other. This is to, to stay in the flow of God, to stay in the flow of the triune God as, as he loves us and lavishes grace on us. We do the same and we love others and, and lavish grace on him. And we talked a little bit about that uh, a few weeks ago if you want to go back. So we need to be people who give love. But then also, in this idea of, I have told you this, so that my joy might be in you. Well, the other thing he's been telling us again and again and again, as you can see, is this idea of remaining in him. I mean, 10 verses before John uh, 15, 11, he's just, he says, remain 10 times. Remain. Remain, remain, and not lettuce, but remain, 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 remain. He keeps repeating this over and over and over again. The verse right before this, he says, remain in my love. Remain in my love. That, that somehow this is connected with, with having joy complete. So we receive God's love, which brings us joy. We give God's love, which brings us joy. And by the way, it's not just what Jesus says, but you know, science and psychology has also proven that, that, that those who tend to serve others and volunteer and love other people tend to be more happy people. Because this is how God has wired us. When, when you give away love, it just brings a joy in you, because that's how God has wired us. But he says to remain. Remain in him. Now, the idea is to remain here, this idea like in our thinking, in our heart, in our actions. Because the reality is we are here. Uh, because we are, we are in Christ. The most common way a Christian is, is like 
called, if you will, in the Bible is actually in Christ. It's not Christian, it's not disciple, it's not follower of Jesus, it's in Christ. So we see Paul often saying, you know, to the church or whatever, to those in Christ. Ninety times he talks about this idea of us being in Christ or with Christ or in him. Now, where is Christ? Remember the triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and we're, we're in Him. This is, this is our reality. We are in Him. So wherever we are, we can experience the love and the joy that is flowing between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit because we are, we are in Him. And so we see phrases like this. In Christ, you have been brought to fullness. Grace was given us in Christ. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. Is here. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Or in Him, you have been enriched in every way. In Him, we were also chosen. In Him, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. We are in Christ. We are in Him. And, and just to illustrate this, because I'm going to throw a blanket. I'm going to go in this blanket. like a Jedi. <laughs> in, see, I'm in this blanket. You know what happens when I'm in this blanket? I feel it. And it feels warm. It feels cozy. And I, I can sense it because I'm in this blanket. And in the same reality, we, we are like, we are in Christ. And, and, and we're to experience this reality and hold this reality. And so Jesus is saying, though this is a reality in your life, he, says, he keeps saying, remain in me. Remain in me. Remain in me. Just, just remain here because the reality is we often want to, you know, we get this is what we want to do. You know, God, I just love, man. Your love is so amazing. This is so great. I love you, Jesus. And I'm just so thrilled to be. be. Just, just hold on. And you don't shame somebody because of what they did. You judge them. And you know, I don't listen to your story. And then Jesus said, hey, Remain, <laughs> remain here. This is, this is where your life flows up. Just remain in here. Let this shape your mind and your thinking. And so you know, we, even, the reality is we're always here. But this, this is when we come out of our thinking and our actions. But because we can't, this is where we are. So we, we remain here. And then, and then there's another thing. You know, you know, Jesus. I just heard this really juicy piece of gossip, and you like remain here, remain here. And then it just is hold on. And you know, and He's always calling us back to this place where we, where our life is shaped by this. We remain in here, that we don't stop the flow between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit into us, and we just let that flow out to others. And, and because there's this fullness of joy in this picture, we let that saturate us. I mean, this is where we are on the journey to a joy that is complete. What robs us of joy is when we step out of this and are unloving towards others, or we step out of this and we put up blocks or a raincoat to keep God's love out of our life because somehow we believe that our shame is keeping God at a distance. And, and he's just saying, hey, just remain. Just remain here. Remain. Just live your life out of here. And the quicker you can catch yourself when you're about to step out, the more joy you'll have. As Jesus says, or Paul said, take captive every thought and make it obedient to him. And so if you're going to begin to step out of here and you're thinking, you take it captive and you remain. And you remain in Him. And we could say it, it's kind of like this verse. Let 
the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let this reality of being invited into the triune God, to being receiving his love and being someone who's a conduit of love, let this rule in your hearts. Let this rule in your marriage. Let this rule at your workplace. Let this rule in your school. Let this rule as you're walking down the street and dealing with those you know, people that frustrate you. Let this rule your life. And Jesus says, I have told you this so that your joy may be complete. Amen. You're so loved by God. And he wants you to take that and just pass it on to others. So just do it. Just remain in him. So Father, we ask and continually help shape our thinking and our hearts. God, to remain in you. God, we, we can't afford to, to have thoughts that are not your thoughts. God, we can't afford to look at others in a way that you're not looking at them. It just, it just robs us of joy and love, and, and God, it just hurts us. So, Father, would you shape our thinking? That every thought we have about ourselves would just be exactly in line with your thoughts about us. God, that every thought about our situations would be, would be what you're thinking about our situations. That every thought we have about people around us would be exactly what you're thinking. That we would remain in you and that our heart, our mind, our soul, our being would be saturated by the love that is flowing between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We saturated by the joy that is flowing between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. God, we want to be shaped by you. 